Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, for everything you did with uh, Family Fun Night. If you helped or if you were gave or if you were part of anything that went on, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a really good night. Uh, got to speak to a lot of new folks and uh, a lot of a lot of people from the community came to our to our grounds, and so it's nice to do that. Uh, people from the community don't always uh, come to to the building, and it was nice to have them here and to let them uh, kind of uh, rub arms with folks around here. So we were glad for that last night. So thank you again for any part that you had with that. Uh, it was a it was a very good night. The Lord blessed us with great weather, and uh, just good. It was just a good spirit, a good spirit night, and we're looking forward to now what God's going to do this fall through our youth groups, our life groups, uh, through uh, everything that we do here at, at uh, Impact Christian Church. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get right into our lesson today. God, it is good to be together. Yeah, we thank you for this group of people. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their troubles, even though that's hard to, to pray for sometimes, God. We thank you for troubles because we know troubles uh, define us. Uh, sometimes, and sometimes troubles refine us. And so today, God, we come to ask you to refine us and to take our brokenness and to make it whole, to take our, um, our, our spirit of, of just wanting to do things ourselves and humbling ourselves before you. I pray, God, that you'll help me this day to say what I need to say and uh, let our ears and our hearts be open to what you say this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in this series that I started last Sunday called Upside Down Living of Jesus, and we're basically looking at the stories of Jesus, things that Jesus taught. Jesus was very, very, um, he was an interesting guy. He came on the scene at a time when the church was established and the church was saying things that weren't necessarily true. And they would say things that people would go, that doesn't make sense. And they, they were really focusing on the outside of what a person was. And so if you were clean on the outside, the way you looked, the way you dressed, the way you acted, didn't matter what your inside was like. And so the church at the time was very focused on that. And the leaders of the church were very focused on that. So much to a fault that when Jesus came, he kind of had to say, there's a different way. There's a different way. And so last week we talked about when Jesus came and he came into the house of the Pharisee that, that invited him in, that didn't want him to be there. Uh, basically, uh, a prostitute crashed the party. And she came into the party and she anointed his feet. And she did so many things that the Pharisee didn't even do. And Jesus showed us that he came for the broken people. He didn't come for people who thought they were healed. He came for people who were broken. And he takes our brokenness and he turns it upside down. Today we're going to talk about another facet of how Jesus takes uh, what he does for us. And we're going to talk about what he, when he, a phrase that he uses in one of the scriptures we're going to look at today. It says, you're humbled to be exalted. And again, that's kind of upside down. That's an upside down. So in order to be exalted, in order to be lifted up and thought of highly, you got to be humble. We don't act like that in our society. We kind of act like, well, you got to toot your own horn. You got to beat your own chest and say, I'm something. 
You got to believe in yourself so much that, that you make others, sometimes you put others down. And that's not the case, uh, Jesus, at all. Uh, so much of the religious establishment didn't know what to do with Jesus. Jesus was a conundrum to them. They didn't know how to act or treat or what to do with this guy that showed up on the screen. And so I want to read a passage from Scripture. It might not be right on the thing because I think I gave, um, I, I think I gave the wrong Scripture, but I'm going to see if it, what it says here. It's from Matthew, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm, don't disregard that. Just listen to me. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You were like whitewashed tombs. We were good to there. And then he said, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Now, it's kind of right, but I wanted you to get to all of it. So he's, he's, saying to the, he's saying to the teachers there, he says, it's going to be like when you're in a, a cemetery and you go to the cemetery and you see all these beautiful tombs and they got nice decorated flowers and all the tombs are well taken care of and all the stones are, are clean and painted and everything looks good. But on the inside, you're full of a dead man's bones and everything is unclean. And he says this to the religious leaders and he really starts to get to them. And they start to look at him and go, what is this guy about? And then he says, on the outside, you, you appear like, just looking from the outside, looks like you're, you're righteous, like you're okay, like you're good, like everything is right. But on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy. You're full of wickedness. So today, we're going to look at two characters in the chapter of Luke, Luke 18. If you've got your Bibles or your Bible app, you can turn to Luke 18, and we're going to kind of breeze through that today. We're going to see two characters that, again, uh, one of them is a Pharisee. And a Pharisee is a guy who, uh, kind of reviewing from last week, is a teacher of the law, knows the law, has been to school, been to college, been done all the courses, and he's followed the law to the T and knows it, knows it forwards and backwards. And then we're going to be introduced to a tax collector. A tax collector is is uh, thought of very low. They were under a prostitute. They're on the social ladder. They were under, people didn't like tax collectors at all because they were crooked. They would take and they would collect a tax for the government, the, usually the Roman government that they were collecting, and then they would stick some in their pockets. So people hated them. They had no recourse but to, uh, to give that money. And so tax collectors kind of had protection and they weren't thought of very highly. People didn't like to be around a tax collector. And so we're going to talk about these two diverse guys today. So here, Jesus is going to give some direction to these people of the time. And, and, and I want to tell you just a quick synopsis to understand this upside-down living thing. It, they tell us that in avalanches, when, you're, when there's an avalanche and somebody gets buried in an avalanche, traditionally... Most people die because they don't dig up, they dig down. Most people have been found dead going down. They thought they were going up, but they're going down. And that's kind of like what we're, what's going on here today. It's kind of upside down. It's kind of, a lot of us think we're going up. A lot of us think we're moving and trying to go where God wants us to go. In reality, we're, we're going away from him. We're digging our way into another place. So 
he gives us a reality check. He gives the teachers of the day a reality check. And so Luke, Luke 18, verse 14, he says this, I think. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. That means to be lifted up. So everyone who exalts, who lifts yourself up and says, I'm something, I'm okay, that's not good. That's not good. And so that's, that's where we're going to go today. He's going to give some directions to people who think that directionally they're okay, and they're not. And so today, maybe some of you might be on that course too, that you think you're okay, and that you're, you're digging your way up, and that you're, 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 you're strapped in and you're ready to go, but actually you may be going in a different direction. What he does here, he challenges everything in this culture that, that is, is, is held in high esteem. What he does here is he, he tries to show them that, that really we all think sometimes we're all that in a bag of chips. We, we all have that in, our, in us, that we're okay, that, you know, I'm not like that person, I'm like that person. And, and so we, we begin to kind of lift ourselves up just a little bit so we can live with ourselves. <laughs> so we can live with ourselves and say, you know, I'm all right. I'm not like that person. I'm not like them. And so we try sometimes to show that we're better than we actually are. And he redefines greatness when he says, greatness is not up. Greatness is down. What? I thought I was supposed to go up. No, he says, Great, greatness is, is going down before the Lord and humbling yourself and saying, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wife, I'm sorry. Kids, I'm sorry. Friend, I'm sorry for what I've made this situation between us. So a Pharisee who is kind of at the top, Jesus is, is showing us this story of, a, of this Pharisee as he goes to this Pharisee's house or is talking about this Pharisee that's sitting here at the temple. And he's going to the temple and he's talking about this guy who thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. And Jesus says to the people who think they're better than other people, he says, look, at, look what he says in Luke 18, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. And I'm just going to read it, and then we'll tear that apart. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Ooh. robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. One fine man. He's a good dude. Jesus says to the people that think they're better than other people, <laughs> you better think again. He starts his prayer off by saying, God... Let me thank you for something. <laughs> God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. What the heck? Thank you that I'm not like other people. Can you imagine? First, I'd like to thank you that I'm better than everybody else. Well, you'd never do that, do you? No, I would never pray that. Uh-oh. You see what happens? I mean, the Pharisee, I I'm so glad that I'm like the, like the guy who says I'm glad that I'm not like the guy. 
Did you catch that? Well, I'm not that way. I've got to be careful. We may not say those words, but a lot of us, we reveal what's in our hearts. And so I jotted down some things that I want to go over with you. Maybe we don't say them out loud, but they're things that are in our heart. And today I want to call them Pharisee talk. Pharisee talk. See if you see yourself in any of this Pharisee talk. Things we say or think. Next. You're not talking to me that way. You're not talking to me that way. Got to be very, very careful. It's a spirit of pride that says, I'm better than you. You try to confront me on something in my life, I'm going to get defensive and I'm going to be sensitive and I'm going to not be open to correction. Don't give me any correction. Look at the log in your eye, sucker. And I would say to some of you today, if you don't have somebody like that in your life who can talk to you like that, it's not because you don't need to be talked to like that. Some of you do. Somebody's tried it in your life and you shot them down. You shot them down. No, what, what business do you have of saying, well, maybe God put them there. Maybe God put them there to, to, to say, hey, buddy, listen up a little bit. Listen up. Listen up. The next one, Pharisee talk. I'm not going to be the one to apologize. You want to apologize to me? Fine. You want to apologize to me? Come on, I'm right here. Here I am. Come get me. Apologize up. Get her done. We might not say I'm better than you. I'm not better than that person. But when we refuse to acknowledge that we're wrong, when we refuse to say I'm sorry, when we refuse to say I, I really, really messed up, dear, You've got the pride of a Pharisee. You've got the pride of a Pharisee. Just saying. Number three, it's not me. <laughs> it's you. This is the Dayton trick. This is the other opposite of the Dayton trick. It's not me. It's you. It's not my problem. It's your problem, buddy. It's your problem. Well, if they just make some changes... If you just do some things differently, it's not me, it's you. That's Pharisee talk. That's Pharisee thought. Pride, listen, pride lets us put other people under microscope, a microscope and it lets ourselves off the hook. Let me say that again, let that sink in. Pride puts other people under a microscope. <gasps> Look at the stuff they're doing wrong. And then what it does is it makes me feel better so I can take myself off that little hook and go, I'm okay. Oh, I feel all right. I can get through the day. Jesus said, here's what pride will do. It will make you point out the speck in your neighbor's eye while all along you got a big old log in yours. And I, I suspect that a lot of us suffer from this and we just don't understand it. 
and the log is banging into things and it's hitting things and we can't put our glasses on and we can't see right and all kinds of things are happening and yet we're wondering well I don't I don't got pride thank God I'm not like them thank the Lord moving on number four Pharisee talk um I don't need help I don't need anybody's help I don't need anybody's help that's pride too because when you become dependent on yourself you begin to realize I don't even need God's help because I'm getting through this I'm doing this I took on another job I'll take on another thing I'll make sure we get her done all the while God's going really? Who gave, you the, who gave you the ability to be able to do any of that stuff you're doing? Who gave you your next breath? Oh. Oh. And so we never are going to say, God, thank you that I'm not like other people. We may not say that, but we act like it. And it goes through our brain, and it comes out in ways that we disguise and we hide and we camouflage it. So we don't feel so bad. So we're not like that Pharisee going, I'm glad I'm not like everybody else. Here's a few things I want you to catch as you look at the Pharisee. Next, next one there, Mindy. All of those are pride. Every one of those. Next one. Here's some more Pharisee talk. And here's... You might see yourself in the Pharisee. When we focus our faith on the outside, when we focus our faith on the outside, things that we do, things that it means that we turn our faith into a performance. Look what I give. Look what I do. Look who I serve. Look how I volunteer. Look where I give my things, my time, my treasure. We then soothe ourselves by going, look at me. Feeling pretty good here. See, that's where it always leads. Our faith is focused on outward appearance. We have a problem, Houston. There's two words I have for you today. For some of you, a lot of you are not, not hooked on this, but a lot of you are. Social media. <laughs> Two words, social media. We never pull out pictures of the fight on the way to the beach. We always put the beach pictures, but we don't put the screaming and yelling match that we have with our spouse or the kids. That never goes on Instagram. It never goes on Facebook. It never goes when you're yelling at your spouse. Oh, here, let me get a picture of my wife threatening to leave me. Here, here it is. Everybody, look. Isn't that cool? You laugh, but yet we hide. Here's me sitting at the pool. My legs, there they are. Aren't they beautiful? And there's a pool. And you're not here, and I am. I've done it. Why don't we share the yuck? Do you understand Pharisee talk yet? Number two, 
started comparing himself to others. You compare down, oh, they're, they're way worse than me. That prostitute, that tax collector, that, that person, that homeless person, that person that doesn't pay their bills, that person that goes to the food pantries and they got no business being there. They're driving a brand new car. What the heck? You ever done that? Yeah. You compare down, and when you compare up, you go, oh. And then you start feeling jealous. Oh, they get more vacation than I do. They get vacations. I haven't taken a vacation. Oh, they got no cars. They got a great job. They got a six or seven figured job. Oh my gosh. And I'm here struggling. I'm here struggling. When we compare ourselves to others, we're like the Pharisee. And lastly, he puts confidence in accomplishments instead of Jesus. In other words, what he does. <laughs> Look what I did. I'm patting myself on the back. Look what I did. Oh, I'm so good. I'm great. Jeff is good. Jeff is great. We don't sing that song, but man, we act like it sometimes. What else does that guy want from me? What else does my church want? What else? I'm doing all, maybe some, maybe, you know, some. I'm doing something. Maybe nothing. So Jesus introduces us to the Pharisee. He can, continues with the parable. He gives us a second character. Can you go back? Yeah, verse 13, if you can get back to that, Mindy, I think. I'm going to have to have you go back, I think. Verse 13, yeah. Yeah, let's see. 12. Nope, go forward. I'm sorry. Maybe I, I hope I put it. If I didn't, I'm in trouble. Yeah, there it is. I, I did put it. I'm glad. Sorry, Mindy. But the tax collectors, here's the thing you got to get. But the tax collector, here, here's Jesus' introduction to the, to the guy who's lower than a prostitute, okay? But the tax collector stood at a distance. Stop right there. Just leave that up there. He stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So the tax collector stands at a distance. What's that mean? He doesn't care if people see him. He doesn't want people to see him. <laughs> Pharisees right up on the old altar, right up there. Look at me. Tax collector's way in the back. He's beating his chest. He's looking at, and won't even look up to heaven. So a question I'd have for some of you today, when's the last time you prayed at a distance? Meaning you prayed on your own and you weren't asking for something, but maybe you were just thanking him or you were humbling yourself before him. It wasn't a meal. <laughs> it wasn't in church. When's the last time you did that? You prayed at a distance. God, here I am. I'm pretty much pond scum. I stand before you today, a broken mess. When's the last time he stood at a distance? The Bible says he doesn't, he stood at a distance. He looks, he won't even look to heaven. What's that mean? He's ashamed. He knows that he, I'm not looking to heaven because God may strike me down. He wouldn't even look up at, at God. And then he beats his chest and he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
Do you see the dichotomy between these two, the Pharisee and the tax collector? What a difference. Pharisee, here I am. I'm here. I made it to church. You're blessed that I'm here today. Thank God I'm here. Aren't you glad I got my butt in the seat? No. <laughs> tax collector. I don't even know why I'm, I don't deserve to be here. But I'll, I'll come and I'll lay myself before the Lord. Tax collector has no illusions of greatness. In fact, he, he knows. He knows that he's a mess. So Jesus kind of drops the bomb and he turns everything upside down. And he rebukes the prayer of the Pharisee. He says, I don't hear it. And he commends the prayer of the lowly tax collector. Lower than the prostitute from last week. Verse 14 he says this, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified, made right with God, before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted, will be lifted up. Jesus put down the Pharisee, and he lifted up the tax collector. Jesus says, I tell you, the man, the tax collector, is the one who went home made right. And so the question I have for you today is this, as we draw close to the end. Do you want to be right with God? Do you want to be right with God? Now, some of you are sitting out there after hearing me talk like this, and it's really hard to understand this, this upside-down thing of Jesus and you may be thinking, nah, Jesus, nah. Nah, the Pharisee's a good guy. I mean, he, he did the right thing. He was, he was listening. He was reading the Bible. He was giving his tithe. He, he even said he fasted twice a week. And you know, the Torah said you only got to do it once a month. But he was doing it twice. Not because he thought it would make him better, but because he wanted people to know he was better. Nah, Jesus, it's not the Pharisee. And Jesus is going, yeah, it is. Jesus, what you meant to say, it was, it was the Pharisee who was made right, right? He was right. He was right with God because he, he did the right things. You ever do the right things and still not the right thing? Maybe, maybe. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, everybody at home. There is no substitute for humbling yourselves before God. There's no substitute for humbling yourself before God, and hardly anybody wants to do that anymore. We don't want to go down. We don't want to go down on our knees. We don't want to, we don't want to go to our wives and say, honey, I've been a slob. I've yelled at you. My tone in my voice has been horrible. We don't want to go to our kids and say, I'm not parenting you anymore. I'm letting you do whatever the heck you want to do. Instead of saying, I don't know what I'm doing, son, but we're going to work this out. I don't know what I'm doing, daughter, but we're going to work this out. There's no substitute for humbling yourself before God. Here's what I know about church. I've been doing this for a couple years now. Here's some things I've learned as a preacher. People, when they come to church, most people are looking for answers. How can you solve my grief? 
How can you solve? We're, we're in debt. How, we're, me and my wife, we're not getting along. Uh, me, I don't know what to do with my kids. They're, they're out of control. And they walk in those doors, and you're looking for something, for somebody to, to talk to you. Now listen, get this. This is important. You're looking for somebody to do something on the outside. Make me feel better on the outside. And you walk in here, and you go, okay. I'm going to get something, and nothing happens. And you walk out the door, and well, there was nothing in that church. So I'll go find another church. I'll go find another thing. I'll find something else to put my life into. When all the while, <laughs> there's no substitute for humbling yourself before God. See, we think of, of being humble as something that happens to us, that we get humbled. I remember as a kid, I was 14 years old, and I, my dad was very quick. He was, he was a good athlete. And I was a big guy, but I was pretty quick too back then. Hard to believe, I know. And uh, I thought, I'd, one day I said, Dad, I can take you on. So I tried. And I got put on my butt pretty quick. So I like, well, let's try our foot race. He beat me on that. Tried, I, I tried to do arm wrestle. Killed me, killed me. I was humbled really quick. I was humbled. I didn't humble myself. I got humbled. I got humbled. And that happens to some of you. You get caught doing something wrong. You get caught doing porn. You get caught doing something you shouldn't do with a girl or a guy. You get caught talking to somebody that you shouldn't talk to. And you get humbled. You get humbled. But that's not what we're talking about here. You don't need to be humble. Or to get humble, you need to be humble. You need to fall on your knees before the, for the Lord God Almighty and say, Lord, I'm a mess, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to be leading my family, and I'm not. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be taking care of this and this and this, and I'm not. I'm supposed to be doing this for Jesus, and I'm not. I'm supposed to be giving my tithes and my offerings, but I'm not. I'm supposed to be attending and making sure other people are coming to know who Jesus is, and I'm not. And I fall before you today, humbly asking. I beat my chest, and I say, Lord, here I am, a sinner. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. If I'm going to humble myself, it means I have to voluntarily confess my sin. It doesn't mean you have to get caught. See, that's where most of us are at. We have to get caught before we're humbled. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. We do it with our kids. It starts with kids. They're sorry for a second. And then we go on and we do the same thing over and over and over and over. Voluntary confession is a way of humbling yourself 
And what God does is he exalts, he says, he exalts, he lifts up the humble. What does that mean? It means you're made right and God looks at you and as he looks at you, all he sees is his son Jesus. He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see the crud. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your fears. All he sees is Jesus and the blood that he laid down for you. When you humble yourself, you voluntarily confess, God, I'm a mess again today. Another way to humble yourself is to give selfishly, unselfishly, and anonymously. To do it when nobody's looking. To not get credit for it. To just give. To give of your time. To give of your resources. When I give sacrificially, it means it costs me something. And when it costs me something, it must be very worthwhile. And a third way to humble yourself is to treat others better than you treat yourself. And that is so hard. That is so hard to treat others than you treat yourself. You say, well, I, I don't, I'm, I'm last. I'm always, I'm always doing everything else for my family. Okay, some of you are. Some things for your family. But a lot of times you think about yourself. You think about your comfort. You think about your fears. You don't put yourself in situations that you're not comfortable at. You don't put yourself places. You don't trust the Lord because the Lord asks you to go places and do things and be a part of things. And you're all the while saying, not me. Uh-uh. Not me. Lastly, how do, I, how do I get humbleness? How do I humble myself before the Lord? I need sometimes to ask for help. I need to ha ask for help. Some of you here are some of the stinking, most self-sufficient people I've ever seen in my life. You're rotten to a core when it comes to this. You're rotten because you won't ask for help. I ain't asking for help. What, what, what is that? That's pride. That's pride. I'm going down. My marriage is a mess. And the time most of us learn about it is when they're in divorce court. That's wrong. That's wrong. I'm having trouble with my kids. I'm having trouble doing this. I'm fearful. I am, uh, you, you name your issue. And if you don't have somebody that, that comes along and say, I just, okay, I can't, I can't take care of what your problem is, but I'll walk alongside of you. The thing I love about Jesus is he always just came along people and he listened to their stories. He listened to them. And then he spoke some truths into their life. But he listened. He didn't come tell his, his life. And my dad sent me here and I don't want to be here and I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here doing this, this Savior thing. And no, he didn't complain about it at all. He listened and then he said a few things and let them make a choice what they were going to do or not do. Hmm. Pharisee or tax collector. Most of us think we're like, you know, we're pretty good, good dudes. Honestly, I think a lot of us, we really struggle. We really, really struggle. 
We need to be more like the tax collector. Come beat your chest. Don't look towards heaven and just say, God, I'm a mess. Humble yourself. I need help. Humbling yourself is hard because it's saying you've got a weakness. And a lot of you today, you're going to just let this go right over your right over your head. I pray that there's some people that don't. I pray there's some people who just fall on their face before the Lord and say, here I am, God. Take my mess and you turn it into something beautiful. That's what God does. Let's pray as the band comes. Jesus, it's impossible for us to understand the extent of what you did through coming to this earth. It's your God that you came to earth to humble yourself, to make yourself nothing. I mean, that's hard to believe that God made himself nothing. And I'm no God, and yet I have a hard time making myself nothing. So many days. It's hard in our marriages. It's hard in our friendships. It's hard in our families. It's hard in the workplace. It's hard for us to treat other people better than ourselves. It's hard to humble ourselves. But you're God, and you did this. Help us today to begin to humble ourselves. I know it's upside down. I know it doesn't seem right. It seems like we should be, should be digging up. But you ask us to dig down to dig deep and that's where you meet us so God do your work in this ministry time to say in Jesus name I pray amen if you're here today and God is, is speaking to you just a little bit if there's, it's just in your ear right where you are humble yourself if you're here today and you need to humble yourself we have what we call our altar up here you want to humble yourself you can do that you don't have to important thing is you do it where God knows, where he knows and he's, he knows your heart. He knows where you're at today. Let's see what he does. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the ocean you can only come and who showed the moon where to hide till evening whose words alone can catch a falling star well I know my redeemer lives I know
Redeemer lives, it means that we have a responsibility to that Redeemer because He is the one who makes us right. He's the one that redeems us. He buys us back from the evil one. He, His blood made us right with God. And that's when, when God looks at us, He doesn't see all of our past. He doesn't see all the yuck in our life. He doesn't see the evil thoughts and the way that we, we approach life. All He sees is Jesus and the blood. That's the amazing part of being who we are, Christ followers, Jesus followers. What a great thing. What a great deal it is, isn't it? Well, uh, this week, your, uh, your, your goal is to humble yourself. Find ways to humble yourself. Not, not be humbled. <laughs> to humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before your kids. Humble yourself before your, for your, for your spouse. Humble yourself and see what God does with you this week. Here's Abby. Have a great week. Thank you for everything. I love you so much. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. first official youth group for 6th through 12th grade. This fall, we will not have youth group for the younger kids, so if you were interested in helping with the youth group and getting the younger kids youth group up and starting, please go see Whitney Warthen. If you were in Pastor Jeff's life group, your first meeting is going to be here at the church at the campfire area at 630, so please make sure you see Pastor Jeff for details on the way out today. Please consider inviting any family and friends to Impact Christian Church over the next few weeks, and please make sure you're stopping by the Creations Cafe to get a yummy breakfast item before church starts. And as you know, our ICC cups are going to be $10 this month. We just want to give a quick shout out to everyone who was involved in helping with our family fun night last night. We had such a blast and we can't wait for next year. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week and we'll see you next week. Bye.